Hello and welcome to The Brag. I'm Sean Feltz. And I'm Father Matthew Baugh. And welcome to The Brag. It's great. First first episode. This is awesome. So happy to be here. It's kind of like we're starting off into a great open frontier. Who knows what's going to be? Right. I don't know. We got no idea. Uh, And I hope our (laughs) listeners also have very low expectations. (laughs) We're we're going to exceed them. Yes. Yes. That's the goal, right? So we just kind of thought this would be a great way to intro the podcast by also introducing you, Father. Uh, since you're great new here, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, why don't you tell the people real quick what what is your assignment here? Like, what are you up to? Well, I've just started a new assignment. I've been at St. Louis for the past year, uh, working at College Church, but now here I am in the Catholic Study Center, where we're um, starting this podcast, and I'm on faculty. So I'm a Jesuit uh, fellow of the center teaching a few of our courses. We've got a number of different courses that we're developing. Uh, the main one that I'm offering this year is our intro course for our new major, and maybe we'll have a chance to talk about a little bit of the content of that course. Yeah. Um, and let's see. Yeah, I'm a pretty new priest. I was just ordained um, a little over a year ago. Wow. So I just... Baby priest. Yeah, baby priest. <laughs> right, yeah, congratulations. Still, still weaning from the bottle at this point. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so my assignment is here. And, and of course, you know, at the Catholic Study Center, it's not only um, our academic program, but we have this whole liturgical life and yeah. student functions and whatnot. So I, I help out with that, too. Yeah. Keeps you busy. It keeps me busy. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And now we're starting a podcast. Yeah. So even busier, but <laughs> yeah. that'll be good. Um, so where were you last? What was, what was Let's last see. year like? Well, right. So I had, it's unusual for us Jesuits to have a one-year assignment, mm-hmm. but there is a time when we do that, which is right after ordination. Mm-hmm. So I was assigned to College Church here at St. Louis. Actually, it's called College Church because at the very beginning of St. Louis University, when it was downtown, it was really the church of the college. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they moved out here in the 1880s, 1890s, uh, it became more established as a parish, and now it functions as a parish, but still on the college campus. And uh, so I was there as the associate pastor, and it was a great year. It was a year of a lot of uh, great graces for me personally. There are all these, you know, when it's your first year as a priest, there are all these firsts. First baptism, mm-hmm. first uh, marriage, first, mm-hmm. um, you know, first time saying mass and hearing confessions and whatnot. That's awesome. And then a year later, it's like, the thousandth time you've heard this. It's, uh, it's no less new, but it's, um, it's, an amazing, it's an amazing year. It's a good year. It's sort of trial by fire, as mm-hmm. it were. You know, just drop you in and mm-hmm. let you go. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's so great. Uh, all right, so I thought this might be kind of fun real quick. Okay. Go down the line, do some favorites. Just okay. to get to know good. who is Father Ba. And just to be clear to our listeners, I've seen none of these questions. Right. Yeah, that's right. He's seen none of these questions. Mm-hmm. These are totally uh, my creation here. So let's see. Uh, so... Let's, yeah, just real quick through the lightning round here. Okay. Favorite food? Um, uh, oh, God. Really? <laughs> no, see, you picked the hardest one first. I know. Because I actually, we cook in my community, so I, I like to cook a lot of um, exotic things. Um, favorite food? This is going to sound weird. Bok choy. Really? Bok choy. Yeah. And they actually make fun of me in my community for this because, first of all, most of the guys in my community had never heard of bok choy before. <laughs> <laughs> well, I should give it just a little background. I, yeah, I don't know if I know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, so I could say anything basically. It's chocolate. It's chocolate. Fav- no, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> bok, <laughs> bok choy is a Chinese vegetable. Oh, okay. Which I got obsessed with. I so before I entered the society, I my whole horizon was China, and I was studying Chinese language. Mm. I lived in Hong Kong for a while. I uh, lived in Taiwan for a while. And there's this great little Chinese vegetable that you can saute, or you can, I mean, you can do anything to it, and it's just delicious. Really crunchy. Hmm. 
put a little soy sauce in there. It's 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 great. So right. yeah, bok choy. That's kind of a weird favorite food. I, there's some other things, but anyway, yeah. that's awesome. Our own little arupe here. Or yeah, Ricci, yeah. There you go. Um, a favorite song. Hmm. Oh well, gosh. Okay, again, oh, so many come <laughs> to mind. Favorite song. Well, the one that I listen to. Um, without end is actually a song that I've assigned in our class, Intro to Catholic Studies. It's uh, by an American composer, Morton Lauritsen. It's mm. a setting of this ancient text called Omanium Mysterium. Ah, uh, yes. It's about uh, the the great mystery that animals get to see the newborn Lord, mm. and uh, he does this really interesting little kind of music musical device that highlights a part of that um, piece that's so so lovely and so beautiful. So that's the one that I listened to over and over. It was my alarm clock for a while. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, we could talk about music for an entire episode. Yeah, so fair that's, we'll, that's we'll just one that, little dipping the toe in. That's a, you know, that's a very common favorite. That's, a, mm-hmm. that's what all the kids are saying. <laughs> yeah, Omanya Mysterium is the first thing that comes to the lips of most SLU students. Yes, by, by Lizzo, <laughs> right? Or Kanye? I think. Yeah, I exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, favorite movie. Do you have a favorite movie? Mm, yeah. Um, Oh boy! Again, um, <laughs> I I'll go with "Of Gods and Men." That's oh, the one that um, it's maybe. See, yeah, we're getting too much on the religious element. I've got some non-religious things <laughs> I can talk about too. Sure, uh, but that's the story of these um, these monks in northern Africa who um, who were very much involved with the local community, which was mostly not Christian. Mm. And uh, Islamic fundamentalism begins to rise in the area and starts forcing uh, choice mm-hmm. on behalf of the monks about whether they're going to stay or they leave. Sure. And spoiler alert, they decide to stay and things get serious. Wow. Sounds good. Okay, everybody beautiful, go check that out. Beautiful of, of movie. Gods and Men. Right? Of, gods and, of men. gods and Men. It's a French movie. Okay. So you'll have to read subtitles. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, favorite book? Um, I oh, this is an easy one. Really? This is really I thought easy. this would be the hardest. Well, no, I mean, I, there are many books that I love, <laughs> but the one, like, you know, when I think of favorite book, I think of the book that I would give people. Okay, yeah. And unquestionably, the book that I've given most people is um, The Bridge of San Luis Rey by okay. Thornton, American author Thornton Wilder. Wow. He's an interesting figure. He, um, he is the only, I believe this is true, I think he's the only um, author to win the Pulitzer Prize in both um, fiction and drama. Wow. And okay. he won them not far away. And people know him from, um, from a variety of things, but, um, but this book is not one that people really know him for. Hmm. And it's outstanding. It's a short book. You can read it in an afternoon. Wow. The basic idea is this. The oldest bridge in um, Peru just one day happens to collapse. Hmm. And there are five, or I can't remember if it's five or six travelers on the bridge who are now thrown into the gorge below and, of course, die. Yeah. And this little Franciscan monk witnesses it. He's not a monk. He's a, a brother. Mm. Um, witnesses the whole catastrophe. And he asks himself, why those particular people? Mm. And he starts going around and interviewing people to find out what was it about their life. He has a theory that he's trying to prove. It turns out that his theory it has to be you know, uh, modified. But it's a very beautiful, beautiful book. Wow, it sounds like it. Yeah. That's really cool. Well, if, take a class with me and we'll read it at some point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, all right, so what are your specific topics of, of interest, of study? What's, what's interesting to you? Yeah, well, I'm trained as a political theorist. That's mm-hmm. my native home department, I guess. But, you know, as Jesuits, we do this long period of formation of 11 or 12 years. And in the course of it, we study um, humanities, 
philosophy and theology. And it's not by accident that we do that. It's because that's what the Jesuits did, the first Jesuits did at the University of Paris mm. in the 16th century. The first thing you did was the arts course, which was you know, literature and all the kind of humanities that prepare you to study philosophy. Sure. And then once you've had enough philosophy, then you can study theology. So that's still our training. So you know, before I entered the society, I was trained as a lawyer and a political scientist. That's but now I've had all this training in literature and philosophy and theology. And so you can see in my, in my courses, I tend to weave all of these things together mm -hmm. because what you're trying to do is um, in each one of these different fields, if you, you know, if you go high enough in the field, you're trying to understand the ultimate questions at a very deep level mm -hmm. from different angles. Sure. And so, um, so what am I interested in? I'm interested in those, those deepest questions about the, the, the meaning of our life together, the meaning of existence itself, uh, to take Heidegger's question, why is there something rather than nothing? nothing. Yeah. Um, it is the great question. And um, even politics wants to ask that question. And it can't, politics can't um, give the kind of practical answers we need to order our common life together mm -hmm. unless it also asks that question about why is there something rather than nothing. The trouble is that if you ask that question, politics alone doesn't have the answer. And so mm -hmm. you now have to refer to these other disciplines. And that's uh, that's why I love teaching in Catholic studies because we're actually kind of plumbing those questions yeah. in different areas. That's awesome. So you actually mentioned, I just want to give yeah. a, a highlight here real quick. You, you mentioned sort of your time before the society. What was that yeah. like for you? Well, um, well, I'll have to, I, <laughs> we can start from the place where I entered the society because I remember this very clearly. It was, um, I, I put my application into the Society of Jesus at the earliest possible point I could in the new admission cycle because mm. by that point, I was um, 27 years old, oh, wow. and I had done nothing but study my entire life. Mm -hmm. I, you know, from the time that I was five years old, I had been in school the mm -hmm. entire time. And, uh, mm -hmm. but I knew that I. Uh, we can talk about if you want to. We can talk about how I discerned yeah. that I needed to enter the society. But by that point, I knew it's time to enter. And that Christmas, I was at my little hometown in this small rural part of um, Arkansas, a small town in rural Arkansas. And um, at Christmas dinner, I announced to my family that, uh, you know, I'm applying to the Society of Jesus. I'm going to be a missionary to China, is what mm. I told them. <laughs> and, um, and by the way, before I can actually go to China and be a missionary, I've got to do 12 more years of study. <laughs> <laughs> at which point, my sweet grandmother, who we call Mama, you know, just went, oh, can this boy do anything other than go to school? <laughs> So, you know, it. it was at that point, it was going to be 12 more years of school, either wow. teaching or, or taking more classes. So, um, yeah, so that was at 28. Wow. And, you know, just last year I was ordained at age 40. It took 12 years to get there. Congratulations, you made it. Finally. You're done and with school and now you teach at a school. Now they've <laughs> asked me to go back to the other side to go teach again. Wow. So, yeah. A life of education. Um. Yeah, so I think we'll save your vocation story maybe for another one. I think that'll yep. probably be a longer story. It's going to be a long story. Yeah. Yep. Um, but definitely, uh, and the listeners can let us know if they're, if they're interested, if they want to hear it. Uh, I think that'd be great, though. Uh, and then, I guess, sort of final question, are you doing any research right now? Yeah, well, I've got a few projects I've been working on. The biggest one is um, this uh, 20th century Catholic, he's hard to define. Was he a philosopher? Was he a theologian? Um, his name is Romano Guardini, kind of an eminent figure 
Catholic intellectual, let's say. Okay. He had, uh, they created a special chair for him at the University of Munich, Munich called, the translation would be something like uh, a chair in Catholic worldview, Catholic thought, mm. more or less. Okay. So he really ranged broadly over these different areas that I myself am interested in. Okay. There's a book of his, Der Gegensatz in German, um, which translates roughly as like polarity, antithesis, um, polar opposition, something like that. And it's never been translated into English, but it's a key, it's a key book. Uh, it's been translated into French and Italian, which is where I found it originally. Mm. Um, it's something that Pope Francis found very interesting, and he was doing his own doctoral work on. Um, because the idea is there, the, the central insight is that um, rather than approaching the world through uh, theoretical abstractions, Actually, in fact, the way that we encounter things in the world is in their concrete existence. Mm. And when you're dealing with concrete existence, you can't sim simply, you can't understand the truth of the thing simply by abstracting out one aspect of it. Sure. You've got to deal with the whole thing, you know? And it's something that's hard for us in our day because we're so prone to one abstraction or the other. Um, I'm interested in this as a political theorist because... I think one thing that has happened in our communities is we actually don't encounter each other as people anymore. Mm -hmm. um, the way that, you know, now we have technology that allows us to connect in, again, in theory, abstractly right. yeah. with people who share our viewpoints. But, um, but in the pandemic, I noticed, you know, my neighbors are out on the street in a way that they weren't before because mm -hmm. everyone was out taking mm -hmm. walks. Yeah. And um, that kind of personal encounter, which we, which used to be the kind of stuff and substance of American life, is something that's decreased in recent years. And I think the pol the polarism in the kind of negative sense that we're experiencing is a result of this lack of, one of the problems is this lack of personal encounter. So I think Guardini can help us with that. Mm. So I'm working on a translation of that book, and I'm going to try to um, to use some of his insights in helping us to rediscover maybe some ways that we can um, con concretely encounter each other and and deal with the difficulties that things are not so simple. Yeah, uh, That's the basic idea. That's awesome. Yeah. So that means you're also a, a French and German scholar. Well, yeah, French is my first love, and I've been working <laughs> on German in the, the past years. I mean, when I was a little bitty kid in rural Arkansas where there was no French whatsoever, mm -hmm. sure. my parents who celebrated, I forget what, wedding anniversary it was they came back they'd been in, in Paris mm. and they came back with a book that was called um, how to learn French in 10 minutes a day oh, wow. and when I was a little bitty pipsqueak in 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 um, that little town in Arkansas I started studying French and you know self-taught <laughs> there was no internet in those days wow. so I was teaching myself in my Arkansas accent how to speak French <laughs> Bore no resemblance to French whatsoever. <laughs> Love that! Wow. <laughs> we, my family, my family moved at one point when I was in uh, middle school to New Jersey, and there actually was a French class, the very first French class that I took. Okay, yeah. And uh, I had this great teacher, but she, but she found my French unrecognizable. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, you've got all the words there, but that's not French. <laughs> so yeah, French is an old love of mine. But oh, that's funny. Yeah. Wow. Okay, yeah. Well, thank you for coming on the show, Father. Great and pleasure. Next time I'll interview you. How oh, about that? Oh, gosh. Okay, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great pleasure being with you. And do let us know if you've got some ideas for what you'd like to hear from our podcast. Definitely. Definitely. Feel free to submit them to us. All righty. Well, that's going to be it for us today. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. See you next time.